The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Shut up! everyone. It's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome back to another episode of Garthology. Today, we're going to continue our look at Garth's eighth studio album titled Scarecrow. Scarecrow showcases Garth Brooks's willingness to experiment with different musical styles. The album incorporates elements of country, rock, pop, and even Celtic music. This diversity keeps the album fresh and interesting throughout it. It's an album heavy on lyrics and musical variations. As Tom Douglas said in Garth's Anthology Part 2, it was really Garth who ushered in a whole new wave of singer-songwriter music, and that's the wave that Tom came in on. It's the convergence of what Garth was listening to, like Dan Fogelberg and such, as well as George Strait. It ushered in 90s country music. He effectively changed country music. It allowed people like Tom, who had grown up listening to Fogelberg, Jackson Brown, The Eagles, Bruce Springsteen, and Bob Dylan, to take their positions in country music and make a living. Garth was the one breaking the door down and changing things. In today's episode, we'll be looking at songs 10, 11, and 12 on the original release of Scarecrow. I'll start it off with song number 10, Rodeo or Mexico. Rodeo or Mexico was written by Garth Brooks, Brian Kennedy, and Paul Kernerly. Paul Kernerly is a new name to our podcast. This is the first and only song to date that Paul has had a hand in writing with and for Garth. But he definitely wasn't new to writing country songs. The list of country artists that have recorded one of his songs include The Judds, Emmylou Harris, Tanya Tucker, Patty Loveless, Juice Newton, Martina McBride, and even more. So his country songwriting credits are extensive and distinguished. The music in Rodeo or Mexico is so good. The drums and guitar just keep the song rocking, but Garth also kind of has like a country twang throughout it. So it's a little bit rock, a little bit country, and for me, it's just a great mix. The story in Rodeo or Mexico 
basically finds our narrator trying to decide, should he go home to rodeo or should he stay with the black-haired, brown-eyed woman he met in Mexico? The verse in this song that has always been a surprise to me is, the only way I know how to decide is just get on and ride. We danced all (laughs) night beneath that sheet of cotton. Like, okay, you know, we've talked in the past about Garth and his suggestive lyrics, but... Here we go again with Spicy Garth. So in the end, the narrator finds it really easy to pick between Rodeo or Mexico when in the funny twist at the very end of the song, the narrator wakes up to find the woman's husband holding the sharp end of a knife up against him. So basically, Rodeo it is. (laughs) All right, Pete, you're up. What are your thoughts on Rodeo or Mexico? Okay, so I love this song so damn much. I mean, how can you not love a country song about rodeos in Mexico? I always get fixed on like that maraca or rattle sound, whatever that instrument is called, like in the background. (laughs) You hear it the entire song and I always get stuck on it. It never stops through the entire song. I really have no business singing rodeo or Mexico. Like I don't, but I do every single time and I sing it as loud as I possibly can. And then when I like did the research on it and I actually like listened to the words and realized that he was choosing between that black haired brown eyed woman and or leaving and then riding in. Uh, and then I pray here, the only way that I know how to decide is to get on and ride. I mean, change. And then we danced all night between the sheet of cotton. I mean, like I, Oh, I don't know. I, I wrote the same thing. It's those suggestive lyrics. And then at the same point, I put all of a sudden this man wakes up and he's got a knife through his throat. Like I wrote all the same things that Aunt Deb wrote, all the same lyrics and everything about the same story. This song is a ton of fun with some insanely good lyrics and an amazing story behind it. Just so much fun. I mean, we danced all night beneath the sheet of cotton. Like, (laughs) dude, dude, come on. What do you think about it, Jess? Yeah, this one cracks me up every time. It is suggestive, but I just get more of a laugh out of it than anything else because it's just so over the top and silly. I mean, I I don't know. For some reason, it makes me think of like a 70s or 80s movie of like about the story, like a guy going down and, you know, messing around with somebody's wife and someone chasing him out and he's got (laughs) to run back. He's probably got some like really great 70s or 80s country music in it and I don't know. There's just a silliness about it that makes me think of that. I I always hear the the line that sticks out to me is where it says, "Does anybody know the Spanish word for why?" For why? It <laughs> <laughs> just makes me laugh. And uh, I I like that he can take a song like that in the middle of an album like this and just have fun and just have a fun silly time with something. And we always talk about the place on the album and where it fits and. Uh, I feel like this was a good spot for this to just lighten it up and have something be a little silly and a little crazy and a little funny. But yeah, I love it. And it always makes me smile. And the music is equally fun. It's it's as fun as the story. Like you talked about the maraca or whatever instrument that is. Gets you shaking a little just like your giggle when you're listening to it. But uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. You know, it's funny because now that you've said that forever and ever from now on when I hear it, I will think of a slapstick comedy. I mean, I mean, it really fits. Think of it seriously next time you listen to it. It's true. All right, Pete, let's go over to you. What do you got for us? Yeah, I get song 11 off the Scarecrow album, Don't Cross the River. Whoa, whoa. 
Don't Cross the River was written by Dan Peek, and it was never released as a single. But it originally was released as a single by a group named America in 1975. This is a very bluegrass song, and Garth says it in the anthology that bluegrass was all he ever listened to while in college. He says that he listened to this song over and over again, and he remembers one day that he said he was going to record it if he had the chance. So at this point in Garth's career, uh, they had come off of a long four-year break. And when they went into the studio, they talked about when they would go into the studios, they would pick a couple songs to knock the rust off of it. And this was one of the songs that they played to knock the rust off of the the guys going into the, the studio before they started recording. And when he was sitting there listening to them play it and sing it while knocking the rust off of, you know, their their long layoff, they sang this song and he heard it and he was like, wait a minute, that sounded really cool. Now, in this song, Trisha gets to sing background, and she says that it's the most fun song that she has singing backgrounds on. You know, there are a lot of songs. I don't, obviously, she, you know, she knows better than me. I know that um, it does sound like she's having fun, and of course, she kills it. She slays like she always does in it. But it kind of caught me off guard that she said that this was the one that was most fun, but there's probably reasons why it is, you know, other than other songs. But back to the song, you know, Garth tells a story that. Um, he was talking to Jerry Douglas about a solo, and I guess that there was a Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver version. And he'd said that he wasn't really interested or he didn't he wasn't stuck on the solo in the way that it had turned out. And that Jerry didn't he had the freedom to do whatever he wanted, whether he liked it or he hated it. He could take that solo and do what it was. And Jerry starts laughing. And he had mentioned to Garth that that solo was the first thing that he had recorded when he came into Nashville. And uh, Garth just remember saying that, you know, how cool is that to see? What he heard 20 years ago, over and over and over again while in college listening to the song, he watched that guy do it 20 years later with all that experience and all of that everything that he gathered for that in 20 years right in front of him. I think it's the perfect tempo song, and it has the perfect place on this record because of the song that's going to follow next, and we'll get to it, but this is um, just a fantastic song. I, I wasn't too familiar with it. I it's not on my playlist, but I do do enjoy it. I'm excited to get to the next song. But before that, Jess, what do you think about Don't Cross the River? I love this one because I did grow up listening to bluegrass music. Um, My stepdad and his family were from Indiana and they grew up with like their grandparents and aunts and uncles. And they all played instruments and sang together. They sang in church. They sang at home. Um, My stepdad plays the guitar. And so his whole family played bluegrass and so he played country music more and that's what I heard growing up a lot but anytime the families were together for something and it was the older family members they had fiddle and they had guitar and banjo and all the things and they would play bluegrass music and so I grew up hearing that and so anytime I hear that kind of music because I don't typically listen to it as an adult it immediately pulls me back to that time in my life and and my childhood and I just have kind of warm nostalgic feelings for it so uh, the first time I heard this song, I was just like a little bit touched that, oh, like Garth likes 
a little bit of bluegrass and that that's in his past and in his history somewhere. I love it for that, for the music, but then also it's a, it's a good song lyrically. I like the story of the song. It's kind of sad in the, in the line that says all your life you were on your own, but it all, it also offers a little bit of hope when it's thrown out there multiple times. If you want, you can ride my train soon. Forget the reason that you're leaving. Um, so I, I just enjoy it probably more so for the music, but I do enjoy it for the song that it is and the lyrics that it has as well. How about you, Deb? How do you feel about this one? I like you, I like the music a lot. You know, it's got lots of fiddle. It's got a good beat. I think the melody of the song is really catchy and memorable. I never knew that it was a cover song until researching it. So that was interesting. I don't think I've ever heard the original. Um, I've never heard the the version that Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver did either. So it'd be interesting to find those. So I may have to search those out and listen to them. I think the combination of that melody and the catchy lyrics, I think it's easy for listeners to sing along with, which always for me makes a song more enjoyable because if I can sing all the lyrics and dance along to it, then I will. And so I'll always listen to it. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I listen to it every time it comes up and I enjoy actually, like I said at the beginning of the intro to this episode, I enjoy Garth when he does something new and this is something new and a little bit different for him. So I say more power to him. You change things up a little and I'm in to give it a shot. Right. Yes. And when he's able to change it up a little bit and make it turn out so good, I mean, it's even more, you know, it's that much easier to accept, I guess you could say. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Don't Cross the River. Jess, what do you got next? I have song number 12, which is When You Come Back to Me Again. I hear your voice and it keeps me hanging on, on, raining down against the wind. I'm reaching out till we reach the circle's end when you come back to me. When You Come Back to Me Again was written by Jenny Yates and Garth Brooks and peaked at number 21 on Hot Country Songs chart. Prior to the release of Scarecrow, When You Come Back to Me Again was released on May 8th, 2000 as part of the soundtrack from the film Frequency and was nominated for Best Original Song at the 58th Annual Golden Globe Awards. Garth was approached by the film's director to write a song for it and he invited Garth to see a private screening of the film. So Garth and Jenny watch the film, and although the song isn't a literal interpretation of the film, it does capture the feelings of it really well. After seeing the movie a second time, Garth and Jenny presented two songs, actually, as possibilities for the soundtrack. Garth says in Anthology Part 2 that he actually wanted the other song more, and now can't even remember what song it was. That's so funny to me how that happens in life, like something that would have been so important at the time, and you're like, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't know what that fight was about. Don't remember what that thing was. And he doesn't remember what the other song was. Um, The director actually picked When You Come Back to Me Again. And that's how some other song didn't end up in frequency. This song's a ballad penned in part about Garth's mother's death, which um, we've talked about before. We've talked about this song briefly on a couple of other episodes. 
He told Billboard magazine in November of 2001 that the song's about lighthouses in his life. He said, that lighthouse is my mother. That lighthouse is also those people that you played live to. That lighthouse is also the music because the music is like the air or the water. It simply is. And I think that's a beautiful way of describing this song. This is one of my all-time favorite Garth Brooks songs ever off any album. Definitely would list it in my top five. In fact, it probably was in my top five when we did that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But melodically, it's beautiful. I mean, it fits perfectly like it was written for Frequency, but it fits perfectly like it was written for Garth and about his mom and about the fans and even about Trisha and about probably his girls and just every everything that's important to him in his life and that points him in the way that he should go and draws him back to where he's supposed to be. Like, you can't listen to this song and not hear that and hear the emotion in his voice and and even the emotion in the music it's amazing to me how instruments can convey emotion, but they can, and you feel it in the, in the crescendos in the music or in the drops in the music, you feel the swell or the decline of the emotion as well. And I just love every single thing about this song. I have zero complaints about it. I, I, I literally have no negatives. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing bad to give about this song. All right, Deb, what do you have about when you come back to me again? You know, honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this song. Really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have a lot to say okay. about this song. I was floored. I, I was, was like, like what? You're killing me, Smalls. No, I, this is, you know, just like you, this is one of my all-time favorite Garth Brooks songs. So I have a lot to say. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and start. All right. So the lyrics in When You Come Back to Me Again tell a moving story of love and longing and the passage of time, which I think fits frequency perfectly. If you've ever seen that movie, I love that movie and it fits so well. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. The words are beautifully crafted. It paints a vivid picture. And I think Garth's ability to convey the depth of all those emotions through the lyrics is just one of his signature strengths. And I think it absolutely shines through on this song in particular. I think he delivers a passionate, emotionally charged vocal performance. And I think it complements the lyrics perfectly. I think his delivery is tender and perfect. And it adds to the emotional impact that this song has. And I think anyone who has experienced the pain of separation and loss can feel that. Like Jess mentioned, I think the musical arrangement just enhances that emotional depth. I think it doesn't overpower Garth's vocals, so it allows his storytelling to take center stage. So without a doubt, this song pulls at my heartstrings, you know, whether it's the theme of reuniting with a loved one or the broader concept of cherishing the moments that we have with people that we care about. I think it just resonates on such a deep level. For me, this is a timeless Garth Brooks song. And that's just it for me. It's top five, top three. It's just up there. What about you, Pete? It's your turn. Yeah. Go easy if you... <laughs> I um. So when you come back to me again, for sure, is my favorite song off of this album. And I went back and forth between this song and More Than a Memory off of this album. Favorite all-time Garth? 
No. Favorite top five all-time guards? No. But it could be in the top ten. I, I would think probably top ten. I think that it is the absolute best song for the end of this fantastic album. At the time of Garth's life and career, it does seem to me as if this song was intentionally wrote for Garth and Garth himself at this time of his career. But it wasn't. It just fit that well. The instruments and the way that they come in and out of this song, it's something special. The ocean, to me, is my place to go when things get crazy. Things get stressed out. Life just needs a reset. I go to the water. So to think of this song and relate to it, when you have somebody that is close to you that you lost, it's just a powerful song. But to me, it's all about the first couple lyrics. There is a ship out on the ocean. It puts me right in that lighthouse before the lighthouse lyric is ever even mentioned. And I'm there for it the entire time. The story behind the song is unbelievable. I could go on and on and on. You guys have covered it very well. Definitely favorite song on this album. One of my top 10 favorites of all time. I just love, love, love the song. I love the meaning behind it. And it was a perfect way to close a very, very spectacular album coming back from four years off at that point in Gar's career in life. it It was the perfect song to put at the end of this album. I agree. I think it perfectly sums up this album. I think it leaves it on such a good vocal note. You know, we've always talked about how Garth is so good about how he picks the ending song. And I think this was such the right moment to leave it with. So, yeah, I think it's perfect. For me, this is, without a doubt, this is my favorite song on the album, for sure. I could agree. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode. The final review of Scarecrow. We've done it. We've reviewed the whole album. So just looking back over the album itself, I think that Scarecrow itself was a well-crafted album. I think it offers a really good mix of musical styles. And I think it showcases Garth's talent for being able to do that. He can take different sounds and different lyrics and different twists. And he kind of just makes it all his own. Even on some of these songs on that on the album that are covers, he makes them his own. And so I think that's a really good showcase for his talent. And I think although Scarecrow may not rank as one of his top selling albums, I still think it's a testament to his ability to adapt and experiment within country music. And I think all fans of Garth Brooks and country music in general are likely to find something on this album to enjoy. For me, it's that last song. I love that last song. I will go down forever saying one of the best country songs ever. I will always say that. That's it. We've done Scarecrow. We did it. Yay. We did it. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today check out past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Hey, if you get the chance, share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yeah, and speaking of friends in low places, if you are on social media and you would like to interact with us there, you can find us on Facebook. We are at www.facebook.com backslash Garthologycast. We are on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, We are at Garthology Cast there. 
We love the messages. We love the likes, the shares, the tweets, the retweets, anything and everything to interact with you guys. Uh, we really, really enjoy it. So keep doing it. And we appreciate the support. You can hear new episodes of Garthology on the 7th, 17th, and 27th of each month. So please join us for our next episode. Until then, thanks for joining us for another episode of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. And remember, love will always win. Bowman. Hi, buddy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry.